NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Okay, Jess Jonathan has been a member of the national women's team since 2012, representing Australia 156 times across all Don't formats. Sell it short. She's won four ICC T20 World Cups while becoming the fourth woman to have taken 100 ODI wickets for Australia. She's taken 185 wickets for Australia at about 20 across all those formats. Averages are just about the same with the bat. I've, I've probably put a little bit of mayo on that, but. Um, <laughs> She'll take that. Uh, she, Jess is an excellent cricketer. Uh, she's managed all that after completing one uh, pretty heavyweight degree, uh, followed by some post-grade work on top, and now rumours that there's further study as well, so we're going to get into that. Uh, Jess, welcome to The Grade Cricketer. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, so, Jess, tell us, what is it that you um, do or pursue or have pursued outside cricket? Uh, yeah, well, you sort of touched upon it earlier, Um so-called heavyweight degree, um, did a Bachelor of Law, sort of straight out of school, sort of grew up in central Queensland and then made the move down to Brisbane. And I initially started studying a a double degree in law and commerce. Um, But when I sort of broke into the Aussie setup, something sort of had to give, but I knew I still wanted to study. Um, So I just decided to go down the law side and completely dropped the commerce side because, I mean, who likes people who like numbers? But um, <laughs> I sort of, yeah, just decided on doing the the law stuff and graduated back in 2015, which is a long time ago now, but it sort of doesn't really feel that long ago. And, um, yeah, being a bit of a nerd burger that I am, I've sort of, yeah, done, done a few extra sort of post-grad, sort of just grad certificates and a few extra bits of study to to keep me busy. Okay, can you elaborate on them? Just a just a little bit of post grad here and there for an elite cricketer. Just yeah. tell tell us what else have you decided you wanted to study? Yeah. Uh, well, the thought for me was the fact that I still had a mind to when I finished playing that nobody's potentially going to want to hire somebody with a ten plus year old degree. So um, I wanted to sort of keep things relevant from what I'd already studied. So I kept. Um, along the sort of law and uh, a bit of psychology side of side of things. So um, I did a grad certificate in forensic mental health, um, which was pretty interesting, but um, it was a, a way of me figuring out that that's not the path I necessarily wanted to go down, but um, nonetheless something that was very interesting and um, something that 
yeah, I just wanted to sort of tap into and see where it took me. And then now I'm currently doing a grad certificate in criminology and criminal justice. Um, so there's some of those things that sort of interline with what I'd already studied. But um, I think, yeah, it's sort of I was always interested in why people did the things that they did um, and why people com committed types of crimes that they did. Um, but I've since had a conversation with our um, Queensland Cricket Player Development Manager um, about doing some work experience potentially through the ACA or Cricket Australia um, in sort of the sporting organisations and policies and um, those sort of things as well because it's sort of I've sort of felt like being an athlete, having that side of uh, being on that side of the fence um, and also sort of tying together the, the knowledge that I've gained through an academic point of view and I guess the, the corporate side of things as well. So um, there's always an eye to the future for me and I can thank my parents for that. Just in terms of the, the balancing act, Jess, I mean, you're doing law at Griffith, I think I'm right in saying. You're doing law, you're 19, you're touring India at the same time. A couple of years later, you're still studying and then you win the World Cup in Bangladesh. Like how how do you do those? Because I, I I did I did a bit of law, but oh, I, I just had okay. I just, <laughs> and this show is now about me. This is my show now. Um, but you know we we had like a third grade semi on a Saturday. That was about as good. As, actually, that's a lie. We never made the semifinals. But the point like point how do you how do you win World Cups and also do a law degree? What's that about? What are you doing? Um. Well, it's lucky that I like reading. So right. obviously, law stuff has a lot of reading. Yeah. Um. So it sort of made plane flights go a little bit quicker. Um, that's for sure. Um, and I think like, cause I'm, I'm quite an introverted type of person. So for me, the idea of getting out and about and being in the hustle and bustle of really busy places just really is quite confronting for mm. me. So to be able to have, I guess, an excuse in a way to, to be locked up in my room and, um, still sort of being productive. Yeah. Um, that was something that really appealed to me and something that really worked for me. And um, I think for me, both sort of acted as a distraction for the other. Mm. Um, so if I was planning for, for cricket stuff um, or playing a game and I probably performed poorly or something, then I didn't really have a chance to dwell on it because I had to worry about an assignment that might've been due that week or, or whatnot. So I think having the study outside of the playing and mm. the the pressures of an elite environment sort of allowed me to gain perspective on on life and on everything. Mm. Like, I mean, I just got really deep there, but no, I think what, for me good. it was like that's been the best thing for me about study. And, I mean, I found out that the hard way um, a few years ago when I completely stopped studying and thought, okay, I just want to be a, a full-time cricketer for a while mm. and um, my mental health suffered and a few other things and performance as well. And um, so for me, having study and having something outside of the game and outside of cricket is a necessity for me in my life. But, I mean, it's not for everybody, but um, study is not for everyone, but having something and other interests outside of there. And that's where the ACA is really good with that, that they do have that support out there, not only in a, I guess, a, a study point of view, but whether somebody wants to do a trade or, mm. or something like that, that there are some other interests and some other avenues out there because, I mean, 
it, it does sound appealing and sounds like a, a really great life to, to be a full-time cricketer, full-time athlete, whatever it is, but it's all well and good when you're performing and you're playing well. But, um, I mean, I've had a few injuries over my career as well. So when you're not touring away or going away with with the team and you're, you're the only one that's sort of stuck back at home, it's sort of, well, you've got this massive void that you need to fill. So um, for me, that was study. Mm. Jess, where does a law background like best come in handy with cricket? Uh, like, does it help you prosecute or avoid after match fines, for example? Um, but more seriously, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm too. I'm a goody two shoes. No, <laughs> I just imagine in the sheds after play, you know, you, you sort of hand out fines for various misdemeanors, and you might actually just be able to argue it quite well, or yeah. you might actually be the fines master. I, I, I'm not sure, but it, but also more seriously, does the sort of precision that that law requires assist you with your cricket or, or is, as you were saying, is it a case of really having a separate part of your life that, that doesn't intersect uh, in a really healthy way? Yeah, I think um, there's been like a few joking sort of comments in and around like for with a few teammates over the years. I mean, like when Gemma Barsby was up here playing for Queensland that um, she's obviously massive coffee buff and a barista. So there was talk about that she'd make her own um, – have her own coffee business and her own cafe and she'd run it. I'd do the the legal side of things and somebody else would do the marketing and all this. So we were sort of just collaborating all our different ideas and um, I guess skill sets together to, to create something. We were coming up with random names and, and whatnot. So there was this joking side of things like that. But um, yeah, I think I tried to keep them separate. Um, the only thing I think that it's probably really helped me in um is like it's sounds so nerdy but it's so me um is in and around my planning and preparation that um I like to be pretty particular around those sort of things and sort of the the notes that I take or how it sort of looks I think that's probably come from my studying background as well that it's sort of handwriting things and all that sort of stuff. So a bit old school with it, but then sort of incorporating a few of the, the technological side of things as well. It's sort of I'll be the person that will come to a planning meeting sometimes and I'll have a PowerPoint presentation of little pictures of where my field is and notes off to the side. So I think that's a bit of my study background sort of converting over into the cricket side of things. Mm. It's really interesting, Jess. I want to go back to something you touched on just before in that, um, you know, having something outside of something outside of the game. And I know you've spoken in the past about, you know, when you didn't have that study for that period of time and you're sort of out of the team and the injuries um, and you sort of struggle with your mental health and that sort of thing. And I, I thought that was really interesting because it, it's, it's, it, it wasn't that long ago when basically everyone was either studying or working. And now the way professionalism has gone in the game, in the women's game, especially in Australia, it's now more and more of the girls are, you know, full-time cricket. That's all they do. And I wonder if, if you sort of notice that people thrive when they have little projects outside, little projects, whether that being a charity organisation or study or something. And I think that might be even um, transferable to in other sports. I'm just thinking top of my head, Marcus Rashford, the footballer, for instance, has had a wonderful year off the field doing great charity work, you know, feeding kids, for instance, and then he's had a wonderful season on the field. So I wonder if you sort of see that as well. If, if you put all your eggs into the cricket basket, you, you can become a very wonderful player and you sort of exceed in that regard but then for others like yourself perhaps if you have projects like a studying or, you, or you're doing something philanthropic or whatever outside that you can also also succeed that way as well yeah I think that's like a, a huge point I mm. think that 
um, it's something that, yeah, that I've experienced myself that mm. it's sort of as well. But it's something I guess that you see in a lot of the male dominated sports where male athletes where they've been thrown into being full-time athlete from the age of 16 some of them even yeah. younger that yeah. that's all they've ever known the only world they've known and um it's sort of then you get to the end of they get to the end of their career and they're like okay now what if I'm not going into commentary if I'm not going into coaching um what have I sort of done and um I, I worry sometimes that obviously with how the women's game's heading in the professional space that I don't want female athletes to to fall into that um I guess not really a trap but fall into that as well Mm, that mm. it's sort of I think that's something that like cricket does pretty well in the sense that there is that support throughout your whole career that obviously there are times and I guess periods of your career that you can solely focus on just your performance and playing but um and I mean that does work for some people but um, I'm, I always have been, I always will be a strong advocate for having other yeah. interests outside of what you're doing. And I think that probably also comes from my parents that like growing up in, um, in Rocky in a regional area, um, sort of having to, to move to the metropolitan areas to excel at your sport. Um, dad, who was a teacher and, and mum who was a bookkeeper for a local business. Like at the time growing up, it was sort of well, okay, you, you needed a plan plan B as well. And mm. we had some really talented athletes um, up there sort of move to different places. Like we had some people move to, to Melbourne for rugby league or a few other places. And after a few years, they, they came back because the sport didn't work out or something happened and they didn't have a backup option. So for me, it was a matter of if I was to move from Rocky to Brisbane, I had to move for both study and sport it wasn't one or the other it had to be both um and that's probably then where my I guess passion in and around making sure that people are are well-rounded and balanced in this sort of area it it sort of stems right from my parents Mm, mm. it's such an interesting perspective Jess on the um further professionalization of the women's game mm. uh it, it kind of balances it up because i think most people would suggest that it's a a really positive thing that the women's game is further professionalized and that our women's team just you know with with you um heavily a part of it destroys everybody and that makes us feel great <laughs> um as a result but uh i i guess w- with that in mind and, and maybe you've already answered it but uh does that mean that we have to be careful about the over-professionalisation of athletes? And to that end, what sort of support is there within the, the women's setup to pursue those things that help balance up your life, especially when you're as enmeshed within the side as mm. you are? You're, you're a critical part of that team. Yeah, well, I think, like, there are aspects of the professionalisation that we do need to be careful of. Um, it's more so in the sense of making sure that support is there that you touched on. Um it's sort of, it's an amazing thing. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's incredible where the women's game's heading. And um, I guess I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to be part of it in different phases throughout this. And um, yeah, it's just obviously the the fear of the unknown in, in a way that it's sort of everyone gets so excited and be like, yeah, push, push, push. Let's mm. train longer. Let's go on more games, more tours, more this. And it's sort of, I think, an area where you do still need to tread carefully that it's like you you do want to push there, but you need to make sure there's something there to, I guess, 
catch the people that sort of fall through the system in a way that um, those that have put in all those hard work or all those hours to, to get to that top and what happens then if the following year they find themselves not contracted anymore, sort of like mm. then what? Mm. And it's sort of that we're very lucky in um, the support that both CA and the ACA particularly um, provide us that I've sort of utilised the there's education and training grants for whether you want to go to, to uni, whether you want to do an MBA or um, a few sort of TAFE courses or things like that. So depending on where you're at with, with different types of study, um, I've also taken up an opportunity for a, a program called Beyond the Boundary, which um, the ACA run where you get paid for, I think it's seven days of work experience in an area and a, and a business of your interests. And um, I sort of took that up a number of years ago now and worked in a small law firm here in Brisbane. And um, it was a good way of obviously in such a busy schedule and a busy life, it was a really easy way of getting that experience necessary to to take the next step and also a way of networking as well um, and to sort of build your relationships with people and um, in other areas that sort of interest you. And I'm going to take it up again sort of probably whenever the next window of opportunity might be, Mm. but to sort of work in and around sort of the ACA or CA on a few um, sort of legal things or governance type things that um, being a way for me to mesh things together. And, um, I mean, each state has a as a dedicated person to, to the player development as well. So um, that's been a massive, um, I guess, improvement, particularly in the women's space over the last few years that we've got genuine access to, to those people, um, that it's not sort of just an add-on from a male program into our program. It's sort of it's equal. Um, we have our own. The male program here in Queensland has their own and um, Cricket Australia has one that oversees our, our women's space as well. So there's a lot of people out there to, to support us, just I think a matter of people realising it and knowing where to tap into it. Mm. In terms of your the degrees that you've studied, Jess, I was obviously criminology, but then you've got a graduate certificate in forensic mental health. And so, and you've spoken before about how you, you're interested in like, and what makes people tick and, and certainly in crimes as well, like, you know, why the pe- certain people commit certain crimes or whatever. I'm just interested in this in a team dynamic and especially like cricket. Like if you're sort of blowing someone's front pad off and they just blow up in the dressing rooms, you're like, hmm, that's interesting. Are you, are, are you ticking over like that? <laughs> I used with to a, be a that person, yeah. so... <laughs> no, it, it does interest me. I think it's... um. It's probably more so in and around, like, I I read a lot of books, right? I read yeah. a lot of novels, fiction, nonfiction, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And some of the books that I probably bring on tour, people probably think I have something wrong with me. Um, so <laughs> well, what are the titles of some of them? It's probably more so related to those type of things mm. as opposed to, I guess the actual human behaviour and the proper psychology around everyday sort of stuff is mm. probably more in and around the, yeah, the the sickos of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Tea and no sympathy is yeah, available yeah. at the moment. Um. Madness and difference. <laughs> I, I, on the same note, Jess, just in terms of how it fuses, because, yeah, you've studied law and then you, you're into criminology and uh, and obviously, yeah, the grad cert in forensic mental health. So I've just got a DRS question for you then. Like, uh, 
do, do, you, do you think DRS is fundamentally unfair on batters who are essentially compelled to assess the likelihood of their own dismissal or, in other words, adjudicate on their own case? Mm. Um, often when they're in, you know, they are the criminal in that situation, yeah. so they are criminally minded. Yeah. They've committed the, the, the foul, I suppose, or the crime. Um, you know, like, do, do you think that that is actually bad jurisprudence, you know, that's actually a, a unnatural law? Yep, but I mean, you just have to look to a plain and simple net session, right? Yes. Yeah. You're bowling the ball, nothing's out, and yes. everything's a run. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yep. right. Yep. Like, do my do my fielders stand in concrete or yeah. what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I just I, I don't know. There's, if they there's no it. umpires in the nets apparently. So, mm. but mm. yeah, yeah. That's my that's my answer basically. No, that's it. Yeah. Uh, case closed. <laughs> yeah, you would have been you would have been one of these worldies, Jess, I'm sure, that had to um, you know, play with boys and the men, I'm sure, up until you moved you moved to Brisbane. How old were you when you moved to Brisbane? I was seventeen, so I'd just I'd finished high school, yeah. Right, okay. So was your experience playing cricket growing up from from whenever you started up until then, I assume, just playing with boys the whole time? And was that like a bit of a deterrent at the at the time? Um, it wasn't a deterrent actually. It mm. was probably the exact opposite. Huh. Um I think for me, like I, I loved sport, mm. like any sport, but then there was something about cricket and I, I was lucky that I had a really positive influence and mentor really early on in that process with um, a guy called Scott Deeth who ended up being my club coach throughout my whole junior cricket up there and um, like him as well as my dad sort of just having that support early didn't really matter what happened. Like I had some pretty awful experiences. Uh, like you can just imagine, obviously, boys going through puberty and mm. a girl in the team and whatnot and all those sort of things. So it was sort of I had to deal with a, a few things, sort of like sexism, casual sort of stuff. Like mm. so, if it wasn't for the support that I had from them off the field, that I, I probably would have walked away from the game. But mm. it was them and their attitude I guess to me to be like well okay you show them by standing up to them and showing them through what you can do on the field and how hard you'll work and all those sort of things and um, it actually is, is then quite funny that when you do get through that and to a point in your career that then all of a sudden they start coming out of the cracks and crevices and mm. say oh do you remember we used to play against you and all of this and um, yeah I think so for me it was probably more of a matter of no, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to show you and just have that amount of satisfaction, I think. And um, I'm always somebody like I I like being challenged. So, um, and I always like proving people wrong. Mm. So it's crazy. I mean, that's that's obviously something we never have to experience. But um, I mean, it's such so impressive you've gone through that and to, to where you are now. Aren't you, aren't you a good golfer? You're a worldy golfer as well, aren't you? I, I do play a little bit. I haven't oh, played yeah. off scratch for a or something. while, yeah, a but, yeah, I play a little bit. Yeah, off scratch, plus two. <laughs> no, no, I'm actually in the process of getting my handicap again. Okay. Um, it's been that long, but okay. I was off 11 when I used to play. So, yeah, um, that's good. But, yeah, I play a little bit with Ash Nofke with our, our Queensland coach, and he's off one. So it's not, not very fun sometimes. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, well, Jess, I don't know. I, I don't know if that kind of unravels everything you've said before. You're obviously just freakishly talented at everything. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Congratulations on everything you've achieved. I mean, I, I think it's just a great uh, – and we had the same – I don't know if the Georgia um, Redman cast will have come out yet, but um, – same with her, just a wonderful exemplar of people who, mm. you know, through time management, determination, great talent, uh, managed to um, be great cricketers and also have set themselves up really well afterwards. So thanks so much for sharing that story with us. No worries. And, I mean, with Georgia, with Redders, like her being my vice captain at Queensland, it's like knowing that I have somebody who, under pressure, obviously in her work life that she has being a doctor you have to be pretty calm under pressure that it's like sometimes I can be a bit emotional so for me she's a really good balance and um it's like if I need a level head if there's pressure she won't feel it so I'm going to go to her so mm. it's is sort of really cool that we've got transferable skills um across the board for for all the players out there awesome Jess Johnson thanks a million no worries thanks guys <laughs>